0: if the button will work. Hello, one and all, and welcome back to Floating Upstream, the nasliest podcast on the internet. <laughs> I am here with uh with uh with Zach wedding... Hello <laughs> with Zach, yes. Hello Zach.
1: Hello everybody.
0: I know you've been so excited you're you've been a fan for so long and you're finally you're finally on the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm uh jumping up and down with the glee right now. Yay Can't tell.
0: So, um, uh, it is the dry season. We are officially in winter now instead of fall. Um, uh, nature itself decided to, I don't know. Did you get any snow on fucking Halloween? Cause I sure did.
1: Yeah, we, we got a lot of snow here in Flint. It was, uh, not the most fun. Oops, my bad. But yeah, we got a lot of snow. Um, a lot of kids, the kids are disappointed. Um, so, um, just kind of a shitty Halloween.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. for whatever reason, uh, something just flipped a fucking switch, and they were like, nah, fall is eh. Let's just move on to winter. Let's cut the bullshit here.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's weird, because, uh, I mean, now it's like kind of warm again, I guess it's yeah. just weird michigan shit
0: it is uh, well that's fine because uh while the weather is shitty in the meantime uh human beings have this innate ability to be able to go inside a shelter and distract themselves with media and various other non-essentials uh to mm-hmm. pass the time
1: yes so, yes they do so,
0: so Zach, uh, what what you've been what you've been doing? What have you been watching? How's 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 the life of Zach going? Oh, the life
1: of Zach is uh, never it's never been better. Uh, <laughs> let's see. All right, so I actually wrote a list of some of the things I've been watching. Um, so, uh, all right, so I watched the first part of the final season of BoJack Horseman.
0: Oh, so this is like the this is the final season.
1: Yeah. And they released eight episodes and then they'll relate they'll release eight more. Um, I believe. That's at least what they've what I read online. And uh typical bojack, it's very, very good. Uh it's I, I've I've always really liked the show. Never loved the show, but i really liked the show. Um And it's, um, I don't know. Have you gotten a chance to see it or do you watch the show?
0: Uh, so I was a really big fan of it. I had a really hard drop off at uh, season four. Okay. Um, and it's partially just due to the fact that like right around then was when I kind of felt like the show was starting to spin its wheels a little bit. And it felt like we were just kind of looping through the same stories over and over again. Because I love the first two seasons of BoJack because it felt like such an interesting, like... It almost felt like a seesaw, kind of, is how I would describe it. Like, just this, like, miserable fuck of a human being going through, like, every stage you possibly could, hitting all the way at rock bottom and somehow digging below rock bottom and then somehow digging his way out, and then reaching some amount of success and notoriety again and ultimately figuring out that that success is what led him to that first cycle of horrible human behavior in the first place and seeing all the, uh, the family shit and, uh, like flashbacks and all that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought the show was really amazing. And then season three came along and, uh, uh, season three I thought was pretty good. Uh, but I uh, it, it definitely took me a little longer to warm up to it, mostly because it was just a case of like, it felt a lot like the first season. I mean, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily, but it's really just more that like, it started to kind of feel like a hamster wheel a little bit. Um, sure, but if, sure. if the show is actually officially ending now, I'd, I'd love to See the ending, so I might actually. Uh, I didn't. I got about halfway through season four, and I haven't watched any of season five.
1: I guess. um I, I So my relationship with BoJack is, I usually binge it all in a day, and then I and I shouldn't do that with that type of show because I think some of the things you need to kind of let sit there for a minute, like some of the story, because like I get very confused on uh, where the characters are at like from season to season. Um but it's a very funny show and I guess that's maybe why I haven't mind them spinning their wheels. Like they got a lot of really fun improv comedians on there and it's really fun when they just can kinda go at it. Like Paul yeah, F. Tompkins can... as Mr Peanut Butter. Yes. Um and he voices like ten other characters on the show too. He does. Uh, (laughs) Everything
0: involving Mr. Peanut Butter is is my favorite thing in the world, not the least of which being the fact that it's another person repping V-necks for dudes.
1: (laughs) But, I don't know. So, there's just been a lot of funny stuff on it, um, at least for me to, like, keep my attention up to this point.
0: Well, it was really interesting because, like... um, I remember when the, I, I remember when the first season of BoJack came out because, and the main reason I remember it is because, uh, I was in, uh, Kate and I were in our first apartment moving out of college and I remember watching it and I remember actually being like fairly neutral on it. And then right near the end, uh, let's see, I, I believe it's a uh, princess Carolyn is the, the, the pink cat.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: um, I remember something happens near the end of that first season that all of a sudden, like, made me turn my head slightly and go, wait, that's not funny at all. That's, like, apocalyptically sad. And and then all of a sudden I watched through the entire first season again. And then all of a sudden, like, every... I don't know, like, uh, getting to that point, and it's sort of shitty to be like, I didn't really get the season until, like, the second to last episode. But... (laughs) Um, I don't know, something in that made it click and all of a sudden made me go back through it and all of a sudden love it. And, um, and then, uh, season two had a similar effect with Kate where Kate wasn't really feeling season two and we got near the end of that. And then she was like, and then she was like, oh yeah, now, yeah, (laughs) I've, I've had an interesting relationship with that show over the years. What I find
1: interesting is there's a large community where BoJack is a lot of people's favorite television show. Like, and maybe this is just like incidental, but I've met like seven or eight people, and when we talk about TV, they say that BoJack is their favorite television show. And there's a lot of content out there. And I'm sure there's a larger community for it. Um, But so I just find that pretty interesting too.
0: i feel like that's probably the same weird community that says the same thing about like like Squidbillies is their favorite tv show ever no
1: i mean i think it's i don't even think that's it i think it's do you think okay, they just learn
0: so, that that much
1: there's been and then this is like total well i think it's it might be aaron paul because i was gonna say like five of those people like i'm thinking of five names right now like their second favorite show is Breaking Bad. <laughs> Seriously, I think it's an Aaron Paul thing, uh, or maybe it's just—I don't know. But I, I think there's a large community that finds it, whether whether or not it is. But I think they find it serious and very interesting. And
0: um, well, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty good show, and I think uh, I think the collection of actors they have is like interesting and kind of different. It's better than those half dozen shows that for the longest time it was the same, like five or six fucking people all just talking to each other as different people. Right. That seems like the, it's the same nightmare of like late seasons of Archer at this point.
1: Is Archer still going?
0: It is still going. It has a sci-fi season currently. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of shows that I had a hard drop off at season four.
1: <laughs> I never watched that show. Um, and um, I knew a lot of people really liked it. And I'm sure it's good. I just. I, I don't I mean, know.
0: At the peak of Hype Beast for that show, it was almost obnoxious to like Archer. Because it was fucking everywhere. And everyone was so loud about it and blasting that fucking Danger Zone song all the fucking time.
1: Well, when I was living at Alpha E, like everyone in the house watched it like with the exception of like three people
0: well like Um, don't get don't get me fucked up here because like the first three seasons of archer when that show was airing the first three seasons of archer i actually would have very much said archer is the best show airing on television right now i do legitimately think those first three seasons are great um but, like season four onwards, uh, that you know, it's it's the same type of thing I was talking about with Bojack where it just kind of felt like that was about the point where the characters just kind of start spinning their wheels. and if comedy is a is a uh, out for you or anybody else for it's okay to be spinning your wheels a bit, then you you might get more legs out of the show. I know Brandon definitely stuck with it for like another like two or three seasons, I think. I don't hmm. think he's still watching it.
1: No, I don't think so either. So, um, so speaking of, I know we have a little bit of a sidetrack. Um, I also watched uh, El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. Yeah. And um, I, I was so I was a very, I was a huge Breaking Bad, bad fan, fan from very early on, and I kind of have a story about that if we want to get into it, but. Uh,
0: yeah. No. So, go for it.
1: So, I remember watching the Emmys in, like, 2009, and I remember seeing, like, the Best Actor winner went to um, Brian Cranston. And I was like, wait, the guy from Malcolm in the Middle is now bald and won for Best Actor in a Drama? I gotta check this out.
0: I would have well, loved if they just made it so he won for Malcolm in the Middle and yeah. not Breaking Bad.
1: Um, Alright, so I go to, like, our television, and we have On Demand, and I say, I just pulled up the latest episode, and it was, like, Season 2, Episode 4. And my mom was in the room, and that's the episode, I think it's, like, 4 or 5, but it was the episode where it opens with white naked in, like, a grocery store. And, like, yep. you see his butt. And that was, like, yep. my first shot of Breaking Bad. <laughs> and my mom was like, what are you watching? This is... Why would you watch such a a show like that? I'm like, mom, I, I had no idea what I was getting into. So, I realized after 30 minutes that I thought the show was interesting, but I had no idea what was going on. So... I rented season one cause that was when video rental stores were still a thing. And, yep. um, and then I got caught up on season two and then I was, I was there and then I was just committed till then. Um,
0: well, like even just that first season of that show, like, that, like, don't get me wrong. There are parts of that show that are almost apocalyptically slow, but like, there, there's so much there. It it's sort of like when I went back to the first season of Game of Thrones. Actually, uh, that's a thing we need to talk about later too. But uh, um, that like that first season of Game of Thrones, where you're just sort of like, where you're just sort of like, wow, I can't believe how still good this is. Yeah. Like everyone no. is just on point.
1: Yeah. No. It's 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 fantastic. And yeah, I agree. Season one is the most slow, but. I mean, for a season one, it's still pretty
0: well fantastic. it it needs to be that slow, and like Brian Cranston like punches the shit out of that like that hand dryer or whatever, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like man, is it is it like the la- is it the last season in which he like comes all the way back to that bathroom and he sees that fucking hand dryer again and he yeah. just like does a smile and the camera and nobody even explains that scene if you don't remember him doing that it, that scene means nothing to you
1: oh yeah well there's a lot of great stuff in that final season like when Walt is walking through the desert and Ozzy Mendez you see his pants from the very first episode like the pants yeah. that he loses um yeah. um and that show is fantastic. But so I don't know if you've seen Al Camino. Um, I have. I really enjoyed it. It was. It fits really well in the universe style-wise. Um, just, just an overall very good movie. Uh, and this is coming from a really die-hard Breaking Bad friend, fan. Um,
0: so. Uh, so that movie has actually had a very interesting. Uh a very interesting effect that I wasn't really expecting. It, it's fine. It's fine. I'll just move over here. Um, that movie has had a very interesting effect in that, like, all of a sudden I've seen a bunch of people come out and openly say they didn't like how Breaking Bad ended. Hmm. Because, like, uh, so it's this and it's a case of uh, like that uh, that Sopranos prequel show or whatever that's also coming out soon? Sure. Is it already out? I don't remember.
1: I haven't heard about that.
0: Um, yeah, it's uh, it follows um, like uh, oh my god, I don't remember a single person from The Sopranos at this point. Uh, I mean,
1: I haven't even seen The Sopranos to be honest. I, I know I need to. Yeah, this,
0: but... The Sopranos, I would definitely put in a similar vein to Breaking Bad. I think it's a lot of really amazing actors doing a lot of really amazing acting. If the Zach, are you being attacked by, like, a paper shredder right
1: now? <laughs> no, it's my box of Mike and Ikes. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, no, you're good. I just <laughs> thought you were being attacked. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's a lot of amazing actors doing a lot of amazing acting. But uh, if the setting does nothing for you, then uh, then maybe it wouldn't be a show for you. Okay. Um, but, um, but, yeah, basically, they've I've seen a lot of people come out uh, right around the, the announcement of this movie with a lot of people being like, oh, yes, I'm I'm very much interested in this because I didn't like how Breaking Bad ended and I want more content from it. And I've seen the opposite argument for, uh, for The Sopranos in a similar fashion where some people are like, I hated how that ended. I'm down for more of it. And then other people being like, no, I liked how it ended. I don't want more of it. So it's an interesting, weird, like like ebb and flow argument of yes, no, yes, no, <laughs> hated it, liked it, hated it, liked it type thing
1: I um, I mean, it's hard to end something, and I think Breaking Bad did a really good job at it like the final episode's not my favorite episode, but it, it like it wraps up everything in a way that I think makes sense, and I was a little. It was always this interesting thinking, okay, what happens to Jesse Pinkman? And I, I kind of liked not knowing, but I mean, the ending that we did get, I mean, does make sense, and um, it's not like it's not what, what like they remember? did this movie and it was bad. Like if it was bad, then I think be different well
0: that there was a minute like that trailer I, that trailer for that movie i actually thought was like pretty bad and i was actually kind of worried about that um but uh but no yeah it's it's a it's a solid movie it's um i've seen some people make an odd criticism about it that it's fan and I'm like, well, yeah, that's the whole reason it even exists is because there is some segment of the fandom that would like additional stories from Breaking Bad. Of course <laughs> it's, <course> it's fan service. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I just, I, I've kind of, at this point, I really trust the creative team in this Breaking Bad universe. Like I thought Better Call Saul was a bad idea, but again, that's a very good show.
0: That's a very uh, good show. I need to. I need to see that last season because I have not seen that yet.
1: I haven't either. I'm kind of waiting for the Netflix. Yeah. And I didn't know. I didn't know that was the last season, but I guess that makes. Oh
0: sense. wait, that's the last season.
1: Oh no. Well, I thought you said it was, but I guess you meant.
0: Oh no! No, no like late. Sorry, I should have said late. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. Um.
0: It's just like one episode where it somehow ties into uh, into El Camino. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and I think, didn't Robert Forrester die? Um,
0: yeah, I think so.
1: mine, and his last project was El Camino. Yeah, he died That's October okay. 11th, 2019.
0: That sucks. Yeah. Yes, it does. Um, but yeah, I, I watched El Camino. I thought it was pretty good. I actually completely forgot to put that on this list. Actually, um, yeah, I I thought that movie was I thought that movie was really interesting. Actually, um, uh, you know, I can I can think of a couple of other characters I maybe would have also. I can think of a couple other scenarios where maybe they could do, like, a couple other movies. But, like, I guess outside of prequels, I guess that limits, like, what they could actually do in terms of more stories, I guess.
1: I... Like, Like, who would you think of? Like, are we going to get, like, a Huel movie? Like,
0: conti- like continuing, continuing the Breaking Bad universe? Yeah. Um... I don't know those other like those other dudes in the room or whatever when uh, when he blows up that building or whatever at the very very end um, maybe you could just do a thing where one of them like rockets out of the building and then <laughs> we follow his story or whatever
1: we'll get um, um Murray uh, spin-off show
0: you remember that episode the fly or whatever I do. We'll get an entire show about the fly.
1: <laughs> well, we'll see Walt Jr. Now he's a badass drug criminal. <laughs> like
0: I would love that, and they need to call it Breaking Her Batter. Right.
1: <laughs> sounds like a, oh. like a cooking show.
0: Yes. <laughs> They're cooking up something. <laughs> oh, God yeah but thank you I had completely forgotten to put that on the list actually
1: I was going through my Netflix watch history and I saw that pop up and I was like oh yeah probably talk about that
0: that movie's fun though I do like that it uh, that two minute recap is not enough of a recap uh, to <laughs> to put you back in the exact amount of information to understand when that movie is happening uh huh Uh, I think they maybe should have just put an optional like maybe 10 minute recap to more specifically explain what was happening, but Just watch season season
1: 5. Well, That's your recap. Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah. (laughs) If I had access to my air horn right now, I would (laughs) There you go. Do you even watching anything else?
1: Um, I mean, not really. Nothing of substance.
0: Fair enough. The Office again, huh? I got you.
1: I mean, no. Like, yesterday I watched The Laundromat, which was a Steven Soderbergh film with Meryl Streep.
0: Yeah, is uh, that any good?
1: It's okay. It's very, like... It, I didn't know what it was about until I started watching it and... There's good moments in it. Like, Meryl Streep is great in it. I mean, Meryl, you know, Streep, Meryl does Meryl, this, Meryl Streep does this thing in a lot of movies where she'll be, like, the star of it, but also play, like, one or two of the side characters. And, like, most of the time, I never even noticed. <laughs> like, <laughs> you notice she'll it, play yeah. like Like, she'll play someone of importance, but she'll put out a wig and then have, like, this accent, and I wouldn't... I I just can't tell. Huh. I don't Um,
0: think I was aware of that.
1: Yeah, so she was in this... She was in uh, this HBO mini-movie series. It was like six hours long called Angels in America with like, uh, who else was in it? A couple other people. And she plays four characters, including like an old Jewish man, okay, <laughs> but she's very convincing, and unless you know like she's in the movie, you can't really tell it's her i, I think huh.
0: talk about not wanting to be typecast, I guess
1: yeah yeah <laughs> um but that but that's that's the only things that I've been those are the big things for me okay. about you. Know.
0: Um, so I recently sat down with a movie that I have been putting off watching because I have had a lot of people tell me it's a very hard watch, um, that it's like pretty sad. And like, if you have some specific triggers in your like school experience, it's probably not going to be an easy time. Uh, it's a movie that's goes by the name, a silent voice. Uh, it's on Netflix uh, so the way it starts and basically about the first, uh, I think about 15, 20 minutes, it follows a bunch of middle schoolers and it follows this very specific kid that, uh we've all known this kid in middle school. Uh, Zach, you might have to deal with this kid <laughs> on a time to time basis, but like basically the shit that's like shitty to everybody. mm mm-hmm. And um, and uh, he's and he's a, and he's a bully, and he picks on everybody. And unfortunately, it's a smaller school. What's wrong? What? Is Elsa's just standing there. Sorry, for whatever reason, my son decided to point at the dog and then start crying.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> Whirlwind of emotions, youth. It's so hard to be two, isn't it? It's so incredibly hard to be two. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, so, um... Uh, so he shittied to everybody and unfortunately it's a smaller school and lo and behold uh, they get their first uh, deaf kid
1: Mm-mm.
0: and they get a little deaf girl and uh, and she's and <laughs> so it's an animated movie and they definitely went out of their way to make sure she is as cute as humanly possible like like her cheeks are a little rounded, she's a lot of light colors and uh, she likes pink stuff and ponies and shit like that. So, uh, so she is like ripe for the picking for fucking shitty, uh, like school kids. And he's even just doing stuff like he keeps stealing her uh, her earpieces and her uh, hearing aids and like tearing them out of her ears and throwing them in the river. Okay. And cool to the head. point, like, some, uh, at some point, she like he, like, bursts her eardrum because her ear starts bleeding. And it's... Uh, the first about 20 minutes is basically just a lot of that. And, like, I'll admit, it definitely started to get to me a bit because, like... You know, it... I didn't have that specific experience in school. I didn't have any, like, deaf friends or anything like that. But I do think it was, like hitting a little closer to home than I thought it would. And uh, it was a bit of a hard watch. But then uh, basically the other, like, two-thirds of the movie is about him now as a high schooler, in which case uh, most of his, like, friends, quote-unquote, basically sold him out or, like, ditched him immediately afterwards. And now he's the weird, creepy loser in school. And he has no friends, and everybody hates him. And it's basically like a sort of redemption arc from the beginning to from him having kind of a shitty childhood so actually that second two-thirds kicks off with him saving up a bunch of money because he planned on throwing himself off a bridge and killing himself and leaving his mom a bunch of money
1: jesus wow
0: yeah it's a it's a it's a bit of a heavy movie um I I found it rather interesting, though, and a lot of it's, like, visual flair is very interesting where, like, in the second two-thirds when he's an awkward high schooler, um, most of the people he's interacting with have a giant X over their face because it's, uh, it's actually supposed to be kind of a metaphor for, like, being disassociated and everything, and, uh, and as he becomes slightly more normalized, uh, the background elements start introducing more color everything starts looking a little more optimistically i guess i won't spoil the last like 15 20 minutes because uh it was actually an interesting thing to get to uh so if it sounds interesting to anybody i definitely recommend it it was a very interesting watch hard watch not uh not easy to watch if you're not a super fan of super emotional shit but
1: no i want to check that out i'm gonna add that to my list
0: uh, and it, it's, uh, it's originally in Japanese, but it does have an English dub, if, if that is something you prefer. Okay. I watched Got it, it dubbed, and I thought it was very good. What was it called um, again? Uh, it's called A Silent Voice. A Silent Voice. Got it. So, let's see. I do have one other movie that I watched that you and I both watched, but uh, I guess the other thing I'll bring up before then, since it is no longer Halloween, uh, I watched uh, Adam's Family 2019. Oh, boy. Yeah.
1: Movie of the year.
0: Movie of the year. Uh, made by the Despicable Me people, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, that movie wasn't very good. <laughs> what? Crazy. <laughs> well, and yeah, that's the whole thing. Is it just it feels like a Despicable Me movie? It, it, if I'm being as charitable as humanly possible, it feels like a Despicable Me movie where most of it is just the characters talking to each other. So, like, it doesn't even feel like it has that many of their like random non sequitur like gags or whatever that they usually put in every movie they've ever made.
1: So. I guess the question was, what did this film need to be made? Like, did it add anything to the? Adam?
0: Hell, no, it didn't. Um, if uh, If there's anything that I would actually say, it did need to be made for, is for like temperature checking. It, it, you singing for the Adams family, buddy? If there's uh, any if there's any reason the movie actually needed to be made, it was just for a temperature check on how many people actually still care about the Adams family or remember the Adams family. because because of anything, it's just a case of like the Adams family has been gone for so long at this point. Like I actually don't remember the last time something Adams family related even came out. I would almost guess like the early two thousands, maybe. Well,
1: I'm guessing like those '90s, movies, which were actually pretty solid. Um,
0: and like we and we took a couple of uh, uh, Kate's like coworkers' kids to it, and they they literally had no fucking clue what this even was.
1: Yeah, I mean, so. Whatever company it was, whatever animation studio. So they got the rights to it. I'm assuming. But but here's the deal. They could do any movie. They could do anything. They could make something original and still market it heavily like they did Adams Family. Because I saw Adams Family ads everywhere. Again, they could do that with a non-Adams Family thing. I don't know why they decided to like put all their money into this because the Adams family came out I, I'm looking it's it up the, right the now. Original but, show, like, the original show, I'm pretty sure
0: end. it was like the like 50s or 60s, right? It's really it came cool. out,
1: nine, Okay, so the cartoon was created in 1938. Um it was something it was in the New Yorker. When was the television show? The television show ran for three years, 1964 to 1966. Wow, it only ran for three years? Wow. Well, actually, it only had two seasons. Um, Huh. And uh, 64 half-hour episodes. Wow. Wow. Um, That's some long seasons. It had a lot of... History there, and then in seventy two, um, the Adams family appeared in the new Scooby Doo movies, which is something. <laughs> oh yeah, um, huh. and then they kept doing more short lived animated series. They did an Adams that they did an animated series in nineteen ninety two to nineteen ninety three. Yep, um, and oh well look at this. Uh, apparently there's going to be an Adams family Two coming out in 2021. Sick. So, <laughs> you know,
0: cause, cause we can't have anything nice in life. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe it's a, if I'm being as charitable as humanly possible, maybe it was just a case of a bunch of like suits in an office Being like, okay, what's something that's old as shit that no one alive remembers? And then they just pulled like a fucking jar and like had a bunch of random names in it. And then they pulled it out and it happened to be Adam's family.
1: So, but listen to this. In 2010, Illumination Entertainment, which is um, the the guys behind Despicable Me. With a partnership with Universal Pictures, acquired the rights to the Adams Family drawings. Um, They were were planning a film that was going to be stop motion animation based on Charles Adams' original drawings, and Tim Burton was set to co-write and co-produce the film, and possibly direct. But then that was canceled.
0: Great, Zach. Yeah,
1: and then that was canceled in 2013. That sounded pretty. That that I'd get behind that. That'd be pretty cool.
0: Especially since stop motion animation increasingly feels like a lost miracle that you only see once in a blue moon at this point. Right. So that just Well that, that, that sucks. Sad. Yeah. So for whatever reason that fell through and then they said, Okay, give it to the fucking give it to the despicable me losers. Give it to the give it to that's, the team that's that who they are. They Secret they Life they had pets. the rights.
1: They had the rights. That was the the people. Those losers were going to do the stop motion film, but I guess they backed out.
0: Well, they then they just chose to keep being losers, and then they made a shitty movie. Yeah, oh, really, if anything, there was
1: there was a musical that came out in twenty ten.
0: Yes, yes, that's actually see, pretty that, good. See, that's what songs. Kate was actually expecting. She was expecting for it to be closer to the musical. As opposed to what it actually was. Right. Which, uh, it's just another hard reboot. I think, if anything, 2019 has shown me that I think us as a society are just about done with origin stories and reboots.
1: I mean, it definitely seems like it.
0: Cause, like, cause, like, even just, I even just point at, like, uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man where they went out of their way to not show you Ben getting shot again. Oh yeah. If there was a single decree that movie decided was never going to happen, it was showing Ben getting shot again.
1: There's a couple, um, there's a movie I wanted to bring up towards the end of the, um, Interesting. So I'm just looking at the highest-grossing films now, and
0: uh, Uh, I think uh, I know one of them because one of them is a news story. But uh, what's the list?
1: Uh, So this is on Wikipedia. Top is this the U.S. or or the globe? This is just highest-grossing, and so some of these are not U.S. Okay. Uh, Number one: Avengers: Endgame, by far. Um, Lion King's number two. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is number three.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: Captain Marvel's number four. Hmm. Uh, Toy Story four. Okay. Six is Aladdin. Seven is Joker. Eight, Hobbs and Shaw.
0: Oh, right. That did happen. <laughs>
1: number nine is called Niza from Beijing and then number 10 is The Wandering Earth so the top so the top two are Disney they put Spider-Man Far From Home as a Sony property and then four, five, and six are also
0: (laughs) Disney (laughs) that seems like a joke more than (laughs) yeah.
1: so really the top six are Disney
0: (laughs) well after the sheer I'd love to see what the final like even just like expense reports were by the time Endgame finished I'd love to see the amount of money spent.
1: Oh yeah. Um uh, Road Ride Gross is two billion seven hundred and ninety-seven million ish dollars. Eight hundred and fifty six eight hundred thousand fifty five hundred and sixty four.
0: A lot of money. Hey, Zach, I I think we I think we picked the wrong careers. I think we need to somehow get involved with this Disney thing.
1: <laughs> Go work for uh, Daddy Disney.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's do it. We'll just live our lives so for look, a decade, and then we'll be rich, and we'll be fine.
1: <laughs> but, so looking at all these... Okay, Endgame, sequel, Lion King, reboot, Spider-Man sequel, Marvel, you know, like, Toy Story 4, Aladdin, Hobbs and Shaw, like, none of these are...
0: A lot of sequels and remakes. I
1: don't know about Niza or The Wandering Earth, but...
0: So I don't know about the Wandering Earth, but I do know about Nizai because uh, that's actually a uh, a uh, news story that I pulled because it was I, I thought it was actually pretty interesting because uh, basically Nizai is about a uh, it's a fictionalized retelling of like a, a like a, a deity folklore I guess from like their like local stems of religion. Hmm. Um, it's about like this, uh, little monkey kid that, uh, that is like, I think like the deity of fire or something like that. And, uh, he, uh, it, it sounded similar to like Hercules or something like that, I guess, in that, like, I think his dad was punishing him for something. And then in the meantime, something bad is happening in like their equivalency to heaven. And, uh, basically it's sort of a redemption arc movie or whatever uh it is the highest grossing movie in china period currently um, i think topic i think uh i don 't know what the the global uh thing number was but uh I remember the last time I looked into it it was uh it was a big power gap because the movie before that because uh if i say spirited away do you know what i'm talking about i
1: do know spirited away yes
0: okay um so that movie uh very recently came to china like as of like last year i believe for like a 10-year anniversary or something like that maybe 50 i don't remember um but it came to china and that was the highest grossing thing in ever because like that movie had finally come to china after years and years of it not even close to being allowed to come to china and, uh, now this original animated work is, uh, the highest grossing thing. And, uh, so I have, uh, a dark wizards came to me in the night and procured a, uh, a version of the movie that I could watch. Um, uh, they were speaking Chinese, so I had to open Google translate to, to kind of, <laughs> right. Uh, to
1: help stuff out.
0: Yeah. Ma- maneuver the transaction there. But, uh, so I sat down and I watched it, um, I think the script is kind of stupid. I don't think it's masterfully written. I do think the animation is pretty good because this is made by a lot of the, uh, the uh, like subsidiary animation companies that are usually called in to finish out a bulk of work on animated features and stuff like that, especially in Japan and America. Um, So I think it's a lot of, behind-the-scenes veterans that have never really had the time or the ability to have their, like, their own work shown up front, and I think it's a very solid effort. Um, uh, I just I just thought it was kind of interesting. I thought it was kind of neat that this, that China actually has, like, kind of a breakout hit, and it was actually kind of an original story.
1: They uh, sent it over to be the uh, Chinese... Um, best international animated film for the academy awards that's the one they decided to nominate <laughs> so
0: that's all that also screams to me china wants uh, wants their uh their um honorary gold sticker for all their hard work <laughs> this is the one you can give it to us for we own your asses
1: so this is interesting i'm kind of on the list of um like countries that can submit films for best international feature. And China could submit it under China, but also Hong Kong can submit a film as well. Huh. Because of its special administrative region within the city of China.
0: Interesting. I, I was wondering if that was more of a political statement because all that stuff that's going on in Hong Kong right now.
1: Maybe. So, um, The Joker is the highest grossing R-rated film
0: currently. Um, That's just because Deadpool 3 didn't come out, am I right?
1: Yeah. Or maybe it's just (laughs) hard. Actually, probably not. I don't know. But maybe it's just the highest grossing comic book. Um, I mean... Or highest grossing R-rated comic book film. Nope. Well I mean I didn't see anything else. Joker became the highest grossing R-rated film of all time, surpassing Deadpool and Deadpool 2.
0: Oh. Okay. Okay. So we've been putting it off long enough, Zach. You and I have both seen a movie called The (laughs) Juicer.
1: The (laughs) Juicer.
0: It's about a, a, a little guy from Seattle, Washington, and, uh, and he's a war veteran, and he's not doing well in the head. <laughs> Has to so perform you, on the side of the highway.
1: What's your overall thoughts on uh, Joker? I'm curious to know what you think.
0: So I think that movie is good. Um, I don't really know if I think that movie is great. And in some cases, I think I would almost, I would. I feel like I see the, sha- I feel like this movie could have been more interesting, not connected to the DC universe. I feel like I'm saying the same thing that you're saying about the Adams family where I'm sort of like, why didn't you just make this an original work instead of something where I have a frame of view on it. So now all of a sudden, I have to bring in a bunch of standards and like perspectives on it that otherwise I probably wouldn't have.
1: So I'm curious to know how it's related to the DCU. Um, But because it doesn't seem, I mean, you see how Batman's parents died and there's a lot of stuff with Thomas Wayne that maybe didn't. But besides that, it's definitely seems more of a standalone film. Um, than I mean any other superhero movie that's out there
0: well, um, so something that really keyed me off, and d- this definitely felt like corporate mandate more than anything because uh so there's a there is a sign that Wayne's parents pass uh right before their death that very much keyed me into where this fits in. Um they pass a movie poster for a movie by the name of Zorro the Gay Blade. And I don't know if you saw this poster. No, I didn't. Um and I was like that's really fucking weird. What the hell is that? That can't be real. And then I looked it up and sure enough uh just to make Doug sad it is real. Um and it is a uh it is a 1981 uh, parody sequel to the original Zorro, in which Zorro gets injured in the first five minutes and his homosexual brother has to, uh, has to take up the mantle. Uh, reviews were not even positive about it at the time. It doesn't seem like a very good movie. Uh, but it, but so that very specifically ties this movie into 1981. And that very specifically ties into, uh, the, uh, the uh, oh my god, Batman Begins, uh, Dark Knight timeline.
1: Yeah, I mean that's, but there are some things that are like so. The actor who plays Thomas Wayne and the actor who plays Thomas Wayne in Dawn of Justice or whatever, totally different people. Um yep. And that's fine. And there's a lot of stuff that just seeing. well so the guess the question is like people say that this Joker inspired Jared Leto Joker which is whatever I mean it's that fine is- but uh, you know when I'm watching a Marvel film I'm always seeing the connections even when I'm watching like a lot of like DC stuff like Aquaman or Wonder Woman you know you see the connection this film I didn't really see that I just kind of Like, I left it not really thinking about the, um, you know, that universe. I just kind of, at least for me, I, like, it just seemed way more standalone than...
0: Well, it's definitely intended to be far more standalone. I think any tangible connections to other movies is, like, purely, like, a wink and a nod more than it is any kind of, like... uh, I definitely don't think this is their uh, attempt to have another DCU, because that would be a stupid idea, considering they have tried and failed like seven different times at this point.
1: What I find interesting is, um, so Walking Phoenix turned down Doctor Strange, because he didn't really want to do all these multi-part, like he didn't want to sign like a big movie studio contract. And But now, it seems like he really wants to do another Joker movie. Like, he keeps going around and saying that he really liked the character and it really stuck with him and he wants to do something more with it. Um, so, I think that's just interesting how... Like, he didn't want to really do that with Marvel, but now I think he's caught the bug or something.
0: Well, he finally had an opportunity to be able to, like be naked and blow someone's face off on screen, which uh, for whatever reason, Disney was just not cool with no matter how many times he brought it up.
1: (laughs) I think this is the one thing that people generally agree on. I don't know know if you feel the same, but I I think Walking Phoenix did a very, very good job. Like acting wise, I think he's just, he's on top of it. I mean, it is crazy. Like all the times when he's laughing, but he also is showing like he's laughing but then his eyes he looks very uncomfortable and he looks sad. I mean yeah, that's just, yeah. that's just crazy. That's just crazy work. That's well, very very impressive. And I'm like just sorry. overall he's like his weird dancing like what the hell is that? <laughs> like just it's it's crazy uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable performance. And I think that's <laughs> what they were trying to do and, uh, they succeeded there.
0: Um, yeah, like regardless of my feelings on the actual like script or the story or anything, um, I think his acting pushes, pushes that movie far above like any misgivings I have about the script. Um, And, like, on top of that, the one thing I will really give that movie, and the one thing that I think actually does, uh, like, affect the DCU at the very least, uh, whatever exists of it at this point, uh, is they did a really great job of making it so now the iconic Joker laugh, instead of being something like his anthem that makes you go, oh, here he comes, now instead it's going to make everyone, like, sad and, like, (laughs) feel awkward um
1: so that that movie does a lot of weird stuff it does and i get why people don't like it because it sometimes it just seems like it wants to be i don't want to say counterculture but it wants to be like provocative in ways that just seem like you're being a dick so like for example there's this musician his name's gary glitter yep and um he um one they they prom- they had one of his songs in the movie and i recognized it cuz i remember this story about just a couple years ago um gary glitter was found f- like in like 2015 2016 he was convicted for rape of someone under 13 and yes. yeah. like he's a huge pedophile and he said all these crazy things but now he's going to get a lot of money because was put into this film. I don't know why they did it. It just seems like they wanted to piss people off, or I don't know, but they did it.
0: Yeah, I had uh, I had completely forgotten about that story, and uh, yeah, that was. Uh, it's it's always interesting to look at stuff like that in hindsight because it's so hard to just be like. So, was this, like, closed room? Someone just genuinely liked the song and had no clue about this at all? Or, like, was this a conscious choice or what?
1: I just feel like there's so many people involved. And it becomes... Like, it just seems like... And there's, like, that song was used in, like, so many different, like, football stadiums. Yeah. And like So it's like, it's not just Joker, but you would think someone, like I pointed it out, Gary Glitter or his music much. But then I recognized it. I was like, holy shit, is that Gary Glitter? <laughs> but maybe that's kind of what they were, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do. Which is kind of why what? I like the movie. Because doesn't seem like even if they're trying to be a dick about it they're trying to do they're trying to make a statement i guess i don't know if it's a very strong statement but i just feel like they're trying and i guess that's good cuz i feel See, like a yeah, lot of movies it, aren't trying at all
0: if if anything uh that's the one thing that i d- thought was kind of a shame is that like i saw a message here but i just felt like it didn't have a lot of teeth like it felt like they were just kind of being like society doesn't always care about people as much as they should and i was like yeah totally and then and then it just kind of started having walking phoenix do do his weird dance or crawl into the crawl into his fridge and i was like yeah. okay
1: <laughs> i read that they shot that scene and they just kind of wanted to include it like it doesn't really but um i don't know i, I don't know how my over I really enjoyed it when I watched um maybe just because it seemed kind of different to me and I thought Walking oh, and- Phoenix was just incredible and I had all the stuff with him and like um Robert De Niro were really interesting um
0: oh, let me uh let me thoroughly clarify like I'm I'm bringing up some criticisms I have about this movie more just because I felt like the pedigree behind it I felt like they could have done better. Um, and I don't really know if like DC oversight is what made some of these problems happen. But like that being said, I do think this is a very good movie. I think it's maybe the best thing they've made since uh the Dark Knight. And I'm very much counting this as better than the Dark Knight Rising because the Dark Knight Rising is a fucking mess.
1: I, I would agree with that.
0: And like oh. Aquaman is a mess. Everything they have made they've made like Man of Steel onwards like the the best thing of that bunch is is wonder woman and to yeah. be honest like I, and the last I half don't...
1: of the last 20 minutes are trash
0: yeah it's it's a lord of the rings movie at that point but uh yeah it um i i do think it's a, i do think it's a very good movie um i and it, i also think that it's very interesting um uh have you ever seen the movie taxi driver Oh
1: yeah, plenty of so, times. So,
0: I did think it was interesting that I felt like this movie was a lot of nods to Taxi Driver and, um, oh, what's that other De Niro movie? Uh, the comedian, King, the comedy, the, the
1: comedian. King of Comedy. No, yeah, the, the King of Comedy. Yeah, uh, those are the two films that I immediately thought of after Joker or during.
0: I. I feel like that's how they got De Niro involved on this was just, they were like, so let me show you this scene. And then this weird scene. And then he like started to nod and be like, yeah,
1: (laughs) I think the biggest bull thing, bullshit thing about this movie was the whole Todd Phillips saying, Oh, I can't make comedy anymore. And like everyone blew, I'm not saying they blew it out of proportion but this is the guy who just made joker and i feel like this joke joker now is like this weird where some people get like all up in arms about it people love it and i think honestly i think part of why todd phillips was saying these things was just to uh like promote his film and give it more media coverage
0: uh yeah, so speaking of which, uh so there was that weird amount of like like fucking like news coverage about like putting out extra cops during the the screening of the original screening of the movie and shit like that. And yeah. like I got to be honest, like that I that is actually a thing that like far more so than just unnecessary. I actually thought it was like distasteful because I got to be honest, that really seemed like that was a lot of media people hoping something would happen so they had something to report on. Cuz there was nothing in that movie that I was like it, yeah, sure, it's kind of it's it's a hard R movie, but like there is way worse hard R movies that have come and gone that have not incited violence. That I saw nothing in this movie that somehow would have incited violence among humans.
1: Yeah I, yeah, I think a lot of it was just, you know, trying to promote the film and, like, news headlines. And um, the thing is, you know, he's not... Todd Phillips didn't even make that good of a comedies to begin with. I mean, no. The Hangover's good. But I'm, like, looking at his filmography now, he's got, like... And Borat's pretty good, but he was... Um, He's he's got, oh, like, 2 and 3 and Due Date and War Dogs and Road Gross. Trip. Like, just a lot of mediocre shit. So, I, I don't know. It's weird how he's like, oh, I can't go back to making comedies anymore. Joker, and it's, like, a smash hit. Like, well, just yeah. keep, making, keep making weird movies, Todd Phillips. No one really liked your comedies to begin with.
0: Yeah, they were always like kind of a. It always felt like they always. If you were ever recommending one of his comedies, it always felt like it took some amount of like a preface before you actually tell people to watch it. Yeah. A caveat of some kind. Uh, I'll admit, and maybe this is my basic bitchness coming out, but uh, I'll admit I don't hate war dogs. And I think that's more just because I have a innate. It's the same reason I really love the movie uh, Lord of War with uh, Nicolas Cage. Okay. In that, I love that Bush era Iraq War money laundering scheme and like all that fucking bumbling era of uh, of uh, government mishandling of. Uh, international affair like that that specific era i find so fascinating and i will i will read and watch anything even remotely related to that era specifically and again this is my basic bitchness coming out but uh that's why uh i don't think war dogs is an amazing movie but uh it's it uh, my fondness for that era definitely pushed that movie to a tad better than it probably actually is (laughs)
1: I was actually, I thought War Dogs was a completely different film until I looked it up, um, and I haven't actually seen War Dogs. Um,
0: That's fine. I mean, it's it's fine. That's the most polite thing I can say about it. Is it's fine. So, um... so you know, back so, yeah, to Joker. Joker. Um, so Joker. So, the one other thing I'll really say about it, though, and I think the one thing that actually really hurt that movie for me personally was I was down for most of the movie. Ending it with tying into Batman's fucking parents dying is the corniest fucking way they could have possibly ended this fucking movie. <laughs>
1: I, but at least they didn't, like, to, you know, go on the out. I don't I'm sorry, know.
0: You, could you, uh, could you repeat that? You kind of interneted out.
1: See, I actually okay. I, I didn't mind it too much because I I like the idea, and this has been like a thing in comic books where when the when the Joker is born, that's when like the Batman is also born. So like, Joker becomes really Joker the same day that Batman starts. I guess his transition, like. He, the catalyst sets him off to be Batman. So I think that's interesting. You know, like the whole, like kind of reminds me of the dark Knight, where the Joker is always like, you know, like they need each other to like, it's like this vicious cycle thing. Sure. Sure. I don't know. But, uh, well, I guess I didn't mind it that much.
0: But like, what if, uh, so that Venom movie or whatever, did you see that?
1: Nope, no plans on even... it.
0: But like, uh, <laughs> what if what if Venom ended with uh, with Ben getting shot? <laughs>
1: I I I don't know. I I guess that'd be kind of weird. <laughs> but I don't really associate I mean... that with. I mean, the first Batman movie I saw was the Jack Nicholson one. Which yeah. is, I mean, again, a similar thing: Joker being involved, with Batman's parents' death.
0: I guess. Um. So people have been ranking their uh, Joker performances. Where do you where do you put uh, where do you put walking? That I think these ranking of Joker performances is also kind of weird because, like, there hasn't really been a lot of opportunities for the other Jokers to like be front stage like this. Well, I can really... think. Mark Hamill is the only other one that has had this much opportunity to be the front and center.
1: Well, I can think of five Jokers.
0: You can think of five Jokers, yeah.
1: Also, sorry, I'm on the Joker Wikipedia page. Apparently, Bradley produced this movie. Yeah. And apparently, him and Todd Phillips have done a lot of work together. Like... Todd Phillips also produced A Star is Born. (laughs) Okay, whatever. Anyways, uh, so you got Cesar Romero. You have Jack Nicholson. You have, I guess I can think of six. So Cesar, Jack, Mark Hamill, um, Heath Ledger, Jared Leto, Joaquin Phoenix. That Um, is the
0: weirdest lineup of actors (laughs) ever.
1: It's really that's really hard for it's I mean, I don't know if Joaquin is my number one because it's just his performance is so good, and he's there the entire time, but I guess
0: but like he when I think play off, like we don't have any opportunities to see him like play off a Batman or something, so like yeah, I mean, it's, and, like it's hard an origin story,
1: which is so he's not really Joker, he's Arthur for a lot of it. Um, yeah. So, I guess, okay, I would say informal list Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix, Mark Hamill, Jack Nicholson, Cesar Romero, Jared Leto.
0: <laughs> Jared Leto has had like the biggest. <laughs> It's so shitty that he's the only one that goes down as the shitty Joker.
1: Yeah. Well, like, okay, so I, I really, this is why I want Joaquin Phoenix to win. This is why, because Heath Ledger played the Joker, he won. A, Joaquin Phoenix played the Joker, wins an Oscar. I want Jared Leto to be the only Joker that doesn't win an Oscar. <laughs> Like, I think that'd be like really shitty. Like you get three jokers and like the two on the outside of one awards for it. But the one in the the guy in the middle. (laughs) Oh no. I I find that comical. All right. So what about you? Very
0: comical. So, um, yeah, it's hard. Uh, personally for me, it's a, it's a toss up between, um, Hamill and Heath Ledger and like you know it sucks because yeah like most of Heath most of the reason I love Heath Ledger's performance is because of the parts where he's playing off Batman yeah, yeah. and uh, and it just gives him more meat to be able to really do that kind of stuff and that's probably the one actual problem that I have with uh, Joaquin's performance also is that it, it just sort of feels like it's following on from Ledger's performance, if I'm being honest. Like, it feels like they took a lot of cues from that. At least in terms of, like, a guy with, like, no moral slider at all and, uh, and very, spe- like, very specifically taking from, like, domestic terrorism angle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so on a coin flip, I guess, uh, I guess Hamill first, Ledger second. Oh boy. Um, Nicholson, third. Joaquin, fourth. And then uh, fucking whatever. Everyone else. Everyone else. Cesar <laughs> Romero. C- Cesar Romero's fine.
1: I, you know what? I mean, for the dude. I mean. It was the, what, fucking 50s and 60s? What do you expect?
0: Yeah, he, he he's fine. <laughs>
1: uh, not a television show.
0: And then Leto, uh, most of what anyone liked about his performance was immediately cut from the movie that he had the chance to be the Joker in, so there's only so much of that he had control over. I would oh. say
1: Caesar Romero, he does look very creepy. In like an old school vaudeville way. Like if you just Google Cesar Romero Joker, like there's some really creepy images. (laughs)
0: Like
1: his smile is just fucking insane.
0: (laughs) Good. Um, So,
1: anything else for the greater good? Because I uh, get going pretty soon.
0: Sorry about that. Oh, you're good. You're good. No worries. Um... Uh I guess not too much. I mean we've we've touched on the broad strokes of the movie. Uh I definitely I do think it's a good movie. Um I think it could have been better in spots, but I guess I could say that about any movie that has ever come out ever. Um I think it's a good movie. I think you'll get more legs out of it if you know the kind of specific nods they're making towards uh uh Taxi Driver and King of Comedy. And I think if you also just kind of... I definitely went out of my way to lower my expectations going into the theater because I really honestly didn't know what to expect and I didn't want to... I didn't want to go in wanting to hate the movie, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's that for the most part. And otherwise, we touched on Niza and all that. I didn't really watch too much else so how about a little bit of series spotlight anything you would recommend Zach
1: all right I haven't seen it but I've I've read a lot about this film and um, I want to just encourage everyone to see it because because I want to see it when I can find a theater that has it so, it's coming to America, like, this weekend or next weekend. It's called Parasite. It's a, yes. South, it's a South Korean film. And everything I read about it, it just looks amazing. Um, and I just... I really like the director. Um, I've liked his other works, uh, like Snowpiercer, and a few other things. So... Parasite is kind of what I want to spotlight. Um,
0: uh, so I've I've spotlight. seen Parasite. Parasite is very good.
1: Where did you see it at? Did you find it online?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it was the same dark wizards that helped me see Nizi. Got it. <laughs> um, it is very good. It is very very good. I definitely recommend seeing it. Um. So I will recommend a movie that has just come out and I am very excited to actually have a sit down with it. Uh, it is, a, it is a movie by the name of, uh, and I guess we could have brought this up, but uh, a, me- uh, a movie by the name of Dolomite is my name.
1: Oh, on Netflix.
0: Yes. Oh. The return of Charlie Murphy yeah, the the return of Eddie Murphy to the big screen. Charlie Murphy. Not Charlie Murphy. Unfortunately, Charlie yeah. Murphy is dead. <laughs> the return of him to the cinema would be an awkward uh, 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 weekend of Bernie's situation.
1: <laughs> I was just thinking that weekend of Charlie.
0: <laughs> um, but if you have any fondness for black exploitation film, if you have any fondness for Eddie Murphy, and if you have any fondness for uh, a fun um, fictionalized biopic. um, I definitely recommend it. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad it's finally out because I've been excited about this movie for a long time. I'm glad to see uh, Eddie Murphy back.
1: I'm good. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't, I didn't know what to make of it, but uh, if you really like it, then... Uh
0: I think it definitely makes more sense if you've seen the, if you've seen any of the original Dolomite movies, which I don't. Admittedly, I have no clue if any of that is anywhere. I'd be willing to bet YouTube, if only because they were not incredibly high grossing, and uh, and uh, don't really know if anyone cares about the license. But uh, right. it definitely probably makes a tad more sense with that. But otherwise, I I definitely liked that movie a lot, so I definitely recommend it. Cool. Alright, so cool. I do believe that is everything uh, Thank you so much for your time, sir
1: Yeah, no problem It's always fun, it's always a pleasure
0: Another episode in the books There we go I didn't really have the segue for this I just decided to put on Pokemon music
1: <laughs> I dig it
0: Actually, I added a bunch of new buttons to the soundboard, and I haven't tested any of these. That's classic. (laughs) Have a nice day, or not, Michael.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's a pretty good laugh.
0: The Oscars should fuck themselves up. Fuck the Oscars! Fuck the Oscars! Fuck you! Who was that? There's still, there's still like six minutes here. Uh, I believe that was the dev for. Uh... That's oh, yep, there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I believe that was the uh, developer for uh, the game uh, Bro- uh, Brothers: The Tale of a uh, Tale of Two. Oh, okay, got it. That was at I think that was at a video game event, but uh... <laughs> I don't remember adding that actually. Hey there, do you enjoy the content that we produce? How about you head on down to patreon.com slash cofnetwork, a Patreon page specifically for helping out our podcast, Floating Upstream, along with our sister podcast, Alternative Input, where we discuss video games and other such video game related news. If you enjoy what we produce and you wanna be able to support any support would be greatly appreciated because it'll help us get better equipment and put out more episodes more often and i haven't even mentioned the best part considering when you subscribe to the patreon you actually receive episodes ad free and earlier than the free feeds you also receive exclusive content such as future episodes of our alternative input podcast where we actually discuss video games in a more in-depth way one-on-one such as this four and a half hour podcast where my brother and I discuss everything involving the Metal Gear Solid series. So again, head on down to patreon.com slash network.